Hello and welcome to the TechEU podcast. My name is Robin Walters. I'm the founding editor of TechEU. And you're listening to episode number 77 already of this podcast. It's actually the very first time that I'm recording it on my own. Shaheen is traveling this week and next week, so you'll have to make do with me. It's been about two weeks since our last podcast, and a lot has happened since then, of course. Uh, As usual, there was some Europe-related news from all the global tech giants, including Amazon, Uber, Apple, Netflix, and Alphabet, the company formerly known as Google. Uh, So we'll cover all of that. Starting with the latter, Google has recently agreed to pay no less than 306 million euros to settle a tax dispute with Italy. After last year, Italian tax police had alleged that Google didn't pay tax on about 1 billion euros of Italian revenue between 2009 and 2013. Also some bad news for Uber, which suffered a setback to its global expansion plans when a senior advisor to Europe's highest court recommended that the company comply with Europe's rather tough transportation rules rather than being seen as a digital platform, and that could definitely hinder its growth in these parts. The case centers on whether Uber should be considered a transportation service or a digital platform that merely connects drivers with passengers. By designating Uber a transportation service, Uber would have to comply with European countries' safety rules, as well as with other legislation that applies to the traditional taxi association, Uh, and those, of course, are Uber's main rivals across the region. Uh, So we'll keep an eye on how this plays out. It's not all bad news for the tech giants, though. Amazon, for instance... They said they intend to more than triple their research and development team in Cambridge, UK, um, working on tech innovations such as its Alexa digital assistants, their delivery drones, and the Echo smart speaker. The American online retailer is opening a new building in the city as well. They'll have room for about 400 experts in mathematical modeling, speech science, machine learning, and knowledge engineering, uh, whatever that means. Uh, Meanwhile, one of its main rivals, Netflix, actually announced the creation of the exact same amount of jobs, that's 400 as a reminder, at its new European customer service hub, which opened this week in Amsterdam. Uh, Reed Hastings, the co-founder and CEO of Netflix, also said there would be two new European original series launching on its platform soon. And then finally, some news from Apple. When we researched acquisitions made by global tech giants in Europe last year, we couldn't help but notice that Apple was not part of a very, very long list of companies buying up European tech. In 2016, uh, some of the buyers of European tech companies were Tesla, Microsoft, Facebook, Twitter, Amazon, IBM, Airbnb, Intel, Snapchat, eBay, and so on, so on, so on. But Apple wasn't one of them. And now the company has announced its acquisition of Finland-based Bedit, so they're changing that this year. Bedit was often dubbed the Fitbit for sleep. They help users control uh, snoring and sleep quality. Uh, Basically, Bedit helps users control their sleep using a band with a sensor that's placed in their beds. Their latest sensor measures snoring, how long and efficiently the user sleeps, heart rate, breathing, temperature, movements, and also the room's temperature and humidity. The terms of Apple's acquisition, unfortunately, were not disclosed. Moving on, we're going to look at a couple of really big funding rounds and interesting news coming out of uh, European tech startups such as Blablacar, Credit Tech, and Improbable. But before we do that, I would like to feature an interview I recently recorded with Marcus Witte, who's the founder and CEO of Babbel, a big and growing Berlin startup in the language learning space. Hey, this is Robin Watt from TechU. I'm here in Berlin. I'm here with Marcus Witte, who's the CEO of Babbel. What's Babbel? Babbel is the app that gets you to learn foreign languages for anybody, whether you want just to order a pizza in Italian or speak to your Swedish parents-in-law in Swedish. Great. Tell me more about the company. When was it founded? How many people? How are you doing? 
Give me the basics. We're 10 years old now, which is ancient for a tech company. We're 450 people, most of them building the product from the didactical side and from the technical side. There's a customer service team that talks to people, real people you can actually call and write emails to. And of course, uh, marketing and all the other people that you need. But what makes your product unique? Um, there's a lot of translation apps and services out there. What makes you special? Well, we're not translation, but language learning. And uh, the, the most, the most uh, uh, important fact is you can actually learn a language with this product. So it works. That's uh, most important for the users. We're the only ones offering uh, customer service. And we're the only ones having a, an extended team of language experts that build the content in-house. How many courses do you actually offer? How many languages? You can learn 14 languages uh, with Babel from seven languages. And all these language pairs are created in uh, single pairs. So our Italian course for Germans is different from the Italian course for speakers of English. Um, is it a premium product? Can I do a free trial? Is it paid? How much does it cost? It's a paid product. There is a free trial, so you can just try out, is it, does it work for me? Do I like it? Once you decide, uh, you can sign up for uh, a subscription from one month to 12 months. And prices range from uh, six euros uh, per month to 10 euros per month. And a lot of people are paying for it. And so you have more than a million paying subscribers so far. Your cash flow positive as a company. What's next? Like, well, what's your goal? What do, what do you want to get to? World domination? No. <laughs> we actually want to get millions of people to learn a new language. And we try to, to lower the barrier as much as possible. And once people start learning, keep them learning. So it's very important for us to keep people with us for a long time. And uh, currently, the average user stays more than a year, which uh, for language learning is very, very long. Um, what's also very long is being in the Berlin startup scene for 10 years now. Um, uh, how do you feel it's changed over the years, um, the decade that you've been building this company? I think everything changed in that time. Uh, when we started, there wasn't really a startup scene. There was some, some e-commerce happening and some of the old deep tech companies. So Berlin does actually have a history of, of real deep tech. And the, the uh, Babel founders come from that background. Uh, today, we have a real startup scene with product companies, with uh, investors opening their offices here. So something's happening. And we even see, uh, to a certain extent, exits, which is fantastic. When is your exit coming? <laughs> is that in the cards? An IPO, maybe uh, an acquisition at some point? I don't know, and uh, I don't care too much. So what we focus to build a substantial company and uh, whether or not shareholders cash out uh, um, in the meanwhile is not the focus uh, in the moment. It's just building something that works for customers and that translates into a business that has enduring uh, value. So going back to this brilliant startup scene, uh, are there any aspects to it that you would consider negative, that there are downsides to being in Berlin? I wouldn't see that. Of course, um, every other startup is both a help and, and a nuisance. A help because there's an ecosystem, a nuisance because they can hire people that don't work for us. So it's overall a great thing that is growing. And uh, we're very, very happy in the city. Uh, so I couldn't find anything to complain about. What about that access to talent? Is it still easy to get foreign talent to come to Berlin to work? Is it getting harder? Is it getting more expensive? Uh, it's comparably easy to get people to move to Berlin. It's always hard to find great talent. So if you're really looking for 
good people that fit your culture. It's always hard, but uh, it's not impossible. And uh, especially if you are a little more established, it gets easier. Great. Final question. How many languages have you learned so far? Five. Which ones? <laughs> no, I'm just saying that. Uh, <laughs> well, I speak some French and I read French very well. Uh, I speak Italian. Uh, my Spanish sucks. And uh, in Russian, mm, it's kind of, I'm getting along uh, in, within the course. <laughs> well, good for you. Well, to any listeners, if you want to learn a language, uh, check out Babel for sure. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you. And as promised, let's now cover some interesting recent European tech startup news from across the board. One thing that I really wanted to talk about is Blablacar and its attempt to diversify its business. The French unicorn is known for making transport between cities easier via carpooling. So there's usually rather long distances. But now the company has launched Blabla Lines, which is a new beta app that they launched to assist drivers and riders with their commutes to work. So that puts them kind of more in the territory of uh, Uber and, and Blacklane and other short distance uh, enablers. So the Blabla Lines app actually allows drivers on shorter distance commutes to pick up and drop off passengers at predetermined locations. Uh, the app is now being tested on two routes in France. Uh, with a view to rolling out the feature across the country. Um, coincidentally, I'm meeting with um, Blablacar uh, co-founder Nicolas Brusson uh, one of these days, so I'll make sure to ask him about this shift and how significant it is for the company in an interview. Now, the biggest news in European tech was, of course, the massive investment received by UK VR gaming startup Improbable. Um, the startup had received uh, $502 million in funding from Japanese conglomerate SoftBank, uh, making it one of the largest VC rounds in a private UK company to date. The deal actually puts the company at a reported valuation of over $1 billion. Existing investors, Andreessen Horowitz and Horizon Ventures, also participated in the investment. Improbable makes a cloud-based distributed operating system called Spatial OS for creating virtual worlds in games. The new funds will be pumped into further developing this technology, and the company intends to recruit new developers at its London and San Francisco offices as a result. Also, nothing to sneeze at is the financing round secured by online takeaway, food ordering, and delivery service, Delivery Hero. Uh, the Berlin-based company had received a capital injection of about 387 million euros from global internet and media group Naspers as it gears up for an IPO. Delivery Hero, uh, in which Rocket Internet, by the way, still has a, about a 33% stake, is valued at around 3 billion euros. And last year, processed orders around the globe worth around 2.3 billion euros, so growing uh, revenue and orders quite nicely there. And it will be interesting to see how significantly they can grow those numbers in 2017 as well. Now, another significant funding round in Germany was announced by fintech startup Creditech, which has received an investment of 110 million euros from the payment service provider PayU, which, by the way, is also owned by the internet media group Naspers. So this investment brings the total raised by the company to 242 million euros. Um, Creditech basically helps to create credit ratings. Uh, they provide credit to people who have little or no credit history, or the so-called underbanked. Uh, the Hamburg-based company says its services are especially important, of course, in emerging markets where credit card use is rare and where people don't have the opportunity to build credit. And we're not quite done yet. Cabify, the Madrid-Spain-based ride-hailing app company, has reportedly raised $100 million from previous investors, including Rakuten, Sia Ventures, and AngelList. The deal was filed with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission and is understood to be part of a much bigger round that could be up to $500 million. Um, we should note that a spokesperson for Cabify declined to comment specifically on the reporting funding, but interestingly and quite amusingly said that we are always, quote, we are always raising capital. We will make an announcement when we have something to share, unquote. Okay then. 
well, we have something to share, which is another interview um, that was recorded recently at the Textual Conference in Riga. I had a chance to sit down with uh, Karoli Hendricks. Uh, she's the co-founder and CEO of Jobatical. Uh, they're an Estonian company that basically connects talented people to employers across the globe for short-term jobs. Hey, this is Robin. I'm here in Riga, Latvia for the Textual Conference, and I'm here with Karoli Hendricks from Jobatical. Uh, what's Jobatical? Jobatical is a marketplace for cross-border hiring. So when you're thinking that I would need a new city or a new country where you want to work, then you come to Jobatical and we will find you a team. So that means it's sort of a matchmaking platform. Yes. How do you get users in the first place and how do you get companies to advertise their jobs on your platform? We are good at storytelling. So we do a lot of work to identify the people who are, first of all, tech and business talent and who are looking to relocate and then uh, identifying the companies who are lacking certain skills. And each country has their own specifics, which skills they are lacking more. So we can kind of trace that quite right. easily. So give me some basic facts. So when were you founded? Where are you based? How many people? Yes. So Chobatical was founded, we launched at the end of 2014. So we're two years old. We are today, we have had campaigns across 76 countries. So we have uh, only last year, we already worked with companies across 44 countries. We have every month around 120,000 people looking to relocate from all over the world. And we have a team of 24 people. And 10 nationalities. And actually, we are eating our own dog food. So like 70% of the team is hired through Chabatical. And I can, as a CEO and founder, it works. I have very smart people around the table. Great. Um, so in terms of geography, where are you seeing the most growth or the most success? Yeah. Uh, so our focus is on the countries who, in a way, are very much forward thinking, who are easier with immigration. And in that sense, there's, for example, from Europe, definitely Estonia is a small country, but very forward thinking. It takes one week to make a work permit. Germany, actually Spain is becoming more and more from Europe uh, on, the, uh, on our radar and Netherlands, of course. But from, uh, from overall, then actually Southeast Asian countries, for example, Malaysia, Singapore, more and more Indonesia, Australia, Australia is becoming uh, one of our kind of growing markets as well. So there's a lot of things going around this Pacific, Asia-Pacific area. It's a very exciting area. Was that something you expected when you started out? Definitely not. Uh, so it was more that we, we were trying to see, like, I mean, one of the things that we needed to find out is, like, are there people who want to move like that? And are there companies who want to hire that, like that? And where are the companies? And when we, do, we, we were doing all the experiments, we started to realize that there's a really good match and then we went there with our whole team, t took a three months sabbatical in Southeast Asia. And, uh, and then talking more and more with companies, we understood that the markets are growing very fast. There are exciting companies that are being built there. And there are not enough people who actually can build those global companies. And besides that, the weather is perfect. The food is great. So there's, I mean, it's also a very good place for the talent to move. Uh, so right. that's what we learned. So as a company, you've also raised some funding uh, to support your growth. Um, how much did you raise? Who from? Et cetera. So we have raised uh, almost $4 million uh, and we have done a seed round with Union Square Ventures, which is well, one of the early investors of Twitter, Etsy and Kickstarter. And we were actually their first Eastern European uh, investment, which, which very much illustrates how the world is changing. Not everything is being built in Silicon Valley and New York anymore, but you, know, you can actually build a global company from Tallinn, Estonia. Right. And, and actually, speaking of Union Square and Twitter, that's also how they found you on Twitter. Can you share the story? Exactly. They found us on Twitter. Basically, Union Square Ventures 
contacted me on Twitter asking if they could talk to us. And uh, we started the conversation through Twitter. And uh, it was, I think, in a way, when you're, when you're building your vision and you are having the investor discussions, it's very much like dating. There are people who you like and you think like, oh, you know, we could work together. And then there are people who just you you have this whoa moment. Definitely with them, we had the whoa moment and we have we are lucky to have them as partners. Great. Slightly broader question, uh, this whole trend of, you know, global nomads and global citizens and going elsewhere to work for a while and then moving again kind of goes against some of the other trends that we're seeing, immigration bans, um, you know, refugee crisis, etc. Um, how do you see this playing out? I think, first of all, it doesn't, in that sense, go against, or it's a, it's a very n- normal reaction. So I think what has changed within the past 10 years is that, first of all, as an individual, your comfort zone, like individual comfort zone was very much geographical and local. In your city where you were born, you went to school, you went to work, and everything was kind of, the comfort zone was here. Whereas now with the networks, the comfort zone has expanded. So we have friends everywhere. Like Japan, Australia, you, you might feel that a friend who's sitting 3,000 miles away is much more kind of, you are much more connected to that person than you are with somebody who's maybe your neighbor, right? So with that, we are much more mobile. So one part of the population has become much more mobile. And the other part who still, especially the older generation, who lives that very local life, whose comfort zone is very local, they don't understand what's going on. So I think it's actually quite normal reaction The question is how this will now, there's kind of like a a struggle to find a new balance. And I I think the big question is how much of a struggle will it be? (laughs) Right. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Carole, thank you very much and best of luck with uh, Dramatical. Thank you very much, Robin. All right, everyone, that's about it for this episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. It was the first time doing it on my own. Uh, We're always happy to receive feedback or suggestions for topics or people we should interview for the podcast, so please do not hesitate to get in touch. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't subscribed yet, you can do so on iTunes or SoundCloud. And you can also follow TechEU on Twitter. We're at tech underscore EU. We're also on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Google+. Keep listening, and please tell your friends. Until next time, this is Robin Waters checking out. (laughs) Thank you.